all over the globe. And the reality is that sanctuaries, chapels, and uh, stadiums, parks are empty today, possibly. But the truth of the matter is that our hearts are filled with the presence of Christ. And that is what the resurrection embodied in us is all about. And so I want you guys to take joy in that wherever we are, we are dispersed, we are abroad, we are scattered, whatever word you want to use, but we are united in spirit. And it is that spirit that we pray that will minister our lives and that will continue to minister our lives uh, through, this, uh, through this day and through the days that he has given us. And uh, if you can accompany me to this morning, I'm going to be in the book of 1 Peter, uh, chapter 1. Uh, so the first letter of Peter, chapter 1, verses 3 to 5. Again, that will be the first letter of Peter, uh, chapter 1, verses 3 to 5. And the title of the sermon for this Resurrection Sunday is going to be Through the Re Resurrection. Again, the title is Through the Resurrection. And his word reads like this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Heavenly Father, we are coming before you this beautiful day, for the scripture says that every day is a good day, and we know that this is the day that you have made, that we can be glad and rejoice in it. And as your church is scattered and spread out throughout the globe, Lord, we first pray for all of them, all the saints everywhere. We pray that your Holy Spirit will minister lives in their homes and wherever they may be today, Lord. We pray for the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding to be in the homes, Lord. And we pray that your Holy Spirit will minister us in a different way this morning, through, uh, via the, the Facebook or Zoom or any other measure, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will right there go through this and transcend and teach us and remind us of the truths of Scripture. And as we remember this historical, this, this huge event in history, we pray that our minds will be enlightened, our lives will be encouraged, and we will be inspired um, as we remember the death of your Son, Jesus Christ, and the resurrection. Uh, we pray for understanding and wisdom, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. It's the it's the truth about the resurrection that I'm gonna that I'm gonna begin. Uh, many have said many have said that the resurrection is scientifically impossible. That's what many say. Well, let me tell you something. If you're one of those uh, friends or brothers, sisters, let me tell you that the resurrection it might be scientifically impossible. In fact, there's many things that are scientifically impossible for God. All things are possible. And it's the truth about the resurrection that has merit and power. It's the veracity of the scriptures that we that we can trust. It's the preservation of the word throughout the ages. And it's the transmission of the text through that testify of the faithfulness of God. Let me remind you this. We, our, our faith is not some sort of abstract thing. We have assurance. We have the word of God. We have God's word speaking to us. And it's the truth about Scripture, not a theory. No, no, not, not a possibility. It's the truth about the Scripture. It's the veracity of the text, the preservation of the text, the transmission of the text, where we find our hope and faith. And we can say that the resurrection is a fact. And like I said, it's not a theory. It's not a story. It, it's, it's, it's reality. This is what happened. The Word of God cannot be broken. We see this in Scripture. And the scripture says that it says that the sum of his truth, the sum of his word, 
instrument. And we know that scripture is like a hammer. It's like fire. And that's why when we preach this word of the resurrection, there were sounds throughout the world, throughout the ages. It doesn't matter if we're virtually watching this uh, or in person. The resurrection story has power and it has merit. And as Christians and followers of the Messiah, Jesus, we are commanded to pursue truth and test all things and examine all things and choose what is good, what is honorable, what is pure, what is right, what is lovely, and reject what is bad. Truth can be tested. The, it says in Proverbs 30, verse 5 and 6, that every word of God is tested. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words, and do not, or, or he'll reprove you, and you'll reprove the liar. Because the reality is that the resurrection was a fact. There is truth, and it can't be tested. In fact, the truth of the resurrection of the Messiah has stood the test of time. It has stood the test of wars and enemies. It has stood the test of, of, of people suppressing the truth and unrighteousness. It, it has stood the test of false brethren, the test of political powers, the test of demonic powers, the test of lies, the test of people trying to delete this great event from history. But the resurrection still rises above the test. Even 2,000 years after, we still are glorifying through this. And if it wasn't, you know, if it wasn't true, think about this. The enemy would have spent so much time trying to disprove it and find errors in it. But God's word cannot be chained down. And the truth of the resurrection will always prevail. In fact, Paul says this about the resurrection. The truth of Christ is in me. It's not just a story. This is part of us. The resurrection is part of our story. And, the, and that is an important factor when we look at this. And the resurrection, like I said, it's much more than a historical event, although it was. Uh, even today is a historical event. And we'll remember this day for the rest of our lives. And the resurrection is, is more of a door into a newness of life. And that's what I, I want us to see. The truth that the resurrection is a doorway into newness of life. And it's not the end, but it's the beginning. And the text says, through the resurrection. And that phrase, I wanted to, to, uh, to simmer in your mind, your heart, and settle in there. Because it's the truth about the resurrection of Jesus Christ that we can experience true Christianity. Everything, in a sense, is black and white without the resurrection. In fact, the scripture says that our faith is worthless without the resurrection. We are the most pitied of all men without this being a fact. And that's why Peter writes boldly. He says, we are born again to a living hope through the resurrection because that's where we find value, meaning, and purpose in our lives through what Jesus has accomplished. We have value, meaning, purpose. We can see that not in black and white, but we can see that in living color. And Peter mentions three important things that I want to meditate upon. I want us together, wherever you're seated, wherever you're at, to meditate upon this. We're going to go through this text in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 5. And I want us to meditate upon three main things that we get through the resurrection. Number one, we're going to see that we're born again. Number two, we're going to see that we have obtained an imperishable inheritance. And number three, we are protected by the power of God. So let's see number one, that we're born again. In verse three, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Uh, through the resurrection, we experience regeneration. Remember this, he found us dead, 
and made us alive. He found us dead. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. And through what he has accomplished, we have life. We can, we can live again. And being born again is not simply a moral thing. It's not just making bad people good. It's much more than that plus that. It's, it's, it's more in line with bringing the dead to life. But that's what scripture says. That we were dead and now we live. We were blind and now we see. We were lost and now we're found. You see this paradigm. It's the resurrection paradigm. And he is the resurrection and the life, scripture says. And all who come to him shall live. Not just now, but we have a promise even for the future. And our new birth and forgiveness of sins must go through this resurrection. If he was not raised from the dead, then we are still in our sins. And brothers and sisters, that would mean that we're in serious trouble. But thanks be to God that he provided a way. And resurrection for us means new creation. And it's not simply about the finish line, but the actual race. And, you know, he paid a, a high price by his blood. And, and scripture says that he inaugurated a new and living way through the veil that is his flesh. And he was raised for our justification. And for that, we can all say amen this morning. Unless one is born again, we see in, in John chapter 3, one cannot enter into the kingdom of God, into the kingdom of God. So we must understand this resurrection allows us access into the kingdom of God. It is through this resurrection that we can go into the kingdom of his beloved son. Therefore, it is through the resurrection that we're born again into his kingdom. Religion, let me tell you this, cannot get you into the kingdom. Money, positions, possessions, fame, whatever you can want to add to that, cannot get you into the kingdom of heaven. But the resurrection can get us in. What Jesus has accomplished, the finished work of the cross, is the doorway that we have into the new kingdom. And for that, again, we can say amen this morning all over the globe. And, you know, it, because only he who suffered and died and rose again, only he, only the Son of God, only the promised one came. He was prophesied. The word became flesh. Not only that, he lived, he lived among us, it said. He dwelt among us. He tabernacled here. Not only that, he suffered. He went through an ordeal. He went through this, this huge uh, a season, this huge part of his life of suffering. We may think it's hours, we may think it's days, but it's an enormous amount that we can never fully understand. And he died. He didn't halfway. No, he died on the cross. And he rose again for our justification. Because only he is worthy and he is able to make his new creations and a masterpiece. So we see this we see this through Peter. When he writes to the church, he says, through this resurrection, you can be born again. It is through what Christ has accomplished. Not what we can do, but what Jesus has done for us. The second thing we see in, um, in verse 4, we see to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. So through the resurrection, we can now obtain an inheritance that wasn't ours before, but it's now ours, which is imperishable. So being born again has made a change in our lives, a change of position, a change of relationship. And the scripture says in the book of Romans, it says that the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, we are heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. So when Paul speaks to the Romans, he says, you are co-heirs with Christ now. 
Now, now, not only do we belong to him, but what belongs to him belongs to us. And that is a, a drastic change because of the change in position, change in relationship in our lives. And for that, again, we say amen. And heirs with Christ, we now are tied to an inheritance that cannot be destroyed. The word of God cannot be broken. Our inheritance cannot be broken. The love that we have for the Lord cannot be broken. It's, it's an everlasting love. And we give thanks to God. We give thanks to the Father who has qualified us. It says in Colossians 1.12. Give thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He's qualified us now. He's made us able to share in this inheritance. Through the resurrection, we have access to tap into an inheritance that wasn't ours before, but now it is. We were adopted in. We were taken in. We inherit his promises, his salvation, the kingdom, blessings at all times. Because even in dark days, he is good to us. Even in the bad days, he's a good God. He's always good. And we inherit eternal life at the end. This inheritance is greater than any silver and gold or any money you may have or possessions. This is the inheritance that we all should desire and we all should long for. The psalmist understanding this years before. He said, I have inherited your testimonies forever. For they are joy of my heart. Psalms 119, 111. He said, I've inherited these testimonies forever. Speaking of the word, he's inherited because he knows this was the word of God. He goes, I see no worldly things, but made your word my inheritance. In, in other words, there was nothing in this world of value in comparison to this word. And for that, we glory because we have it. We know it's assurance. And, you know, scripture says that the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God stands forever. Let me, let me translate that to a, a modern context. Your body is going to waste away. Everything you possess is going to fade away. But the only thing that will endure is the word of God. That, not, not, just, not just the text, but what he has spoken of you, what he has promised you, what he has promised the church, that will endure forever. What we do for the kingdom will endure forever. For that is, that, that is where we should put our treasure. That is where we should put our heart. That is where we should put our time in the kingdom of God. Because the grass withers. If you don't notice, we're withering away. The body decays. That is natural. The, the flower fades. And look, look at everything that we can possess. At uh, one point, it will fade away. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what you can accomplish in this world. It will fade away. The only thing that will stand the test of time is the word of God. In this, we can stand. We have assurance. The newspaper changes. The news changes. Everything changes. But it is the word of God. And that's why sometimes we need to shut the TV and shut ourselves in with him. Sometimes we need to shut Facebook and we need to get in his book. Whatever you want to use, but you need to get in the word. And you need to know what, what is my inheritance. Learn it. Read it. And this will bring you joy and comfort at all times in your life. Because his word will endure forever. Let's see the next verse, verse 5. Who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So we see that through the resurrection, we are children of God. We are born again through the resurrection. The other thing is that we see here that Peter brings to note is that we are heirs. We are heirs of Christ. Now we are heirs of an inheritance that is incorruptible. Your portion is mine. You are my portion. And number number three, we are protected 
by the power of God through the resurrection. Keep in mind that we are now part of this kingdom. The kingdom of God, it does not consist in words, but in power, the scripture says. The kingdom of God does not consist in words, but in true power, resurrection power. What Christ has accomplished, this is what it consists of, of what he has spoken, who he is, what he has done. This is what the kingdom is about. It's not about what we see here. It's much more than that. It's what he sees. It's how he sees us. So the kingdom of God, it does not consist in words, but it's just but in power. And the saints are kept by the power of God. Your version may say protected by the power of God or kept by the power of God. It is not your strength that will, that will help you endure this world. It's putting your strength and finding your strength in the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen yourself in the grace of the Lord. Not in your own strength, but in his strength. The only way we can be kept from the troubles of life is that we trust the Lord at all times. That is the only way. We see life is fragile. We see our health is fragile. The only one that can heal us is the doctor of doctors, the healer of healers. He's the only one. The one that is above medicine. He's the only one that can protect us in difficult times is, very, is God himself, the light. And so for that we glory in him. Scripture says in Romans 1.4, it says, He was declared the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead. According to the spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let me repeat that to you. Romans chapter 1 verse 4. He, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah, the Anointed One. He was declared the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead. According to the spirit of holiness. Jesus Christ, our Lord. So Jesus the Messiah is the very wisdom of God. He is the very power of God. Jesus is the door. Jesus is the good shepherd. He is the almighty. For when we see this, that Jesus is the door, he does not only allow us to come in, but he keeps us shut and he protects us. He keeps us. As long as we are abiding with him, he is protecting us. Remember this, that sin is always crouching at the door. But we must understand that Jesus is the door. And if we, uh, if we maintain ourselves with him, we can, be, we can be calm, we can be secure, we can know that we are protected by the power of God. Not only that, we know that he is the good shepherd. He is the good shepherd. The good shepherd. That means that he will protect us at all times. He has the staff and the rod to lead, to discipline, whatever is needed. It is the Lord protection that we will need. And not only that, he is the almighty. He is omnipotent. He has all power. He has all knowledge. And uh, for that, we can rest assured that we're in good hands. For he is the door, he is the good shepherd, and he is the almighty. And that's why we know that we're protected by his power, not no earthly power. When we see the love of the cross and the reality of his death, we know that this had to take real power to resurrect. This wasn't a little thing. This wasn't some sort of thing that's been repeated over. No, 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 no. no. Let, let me, you have to understand this. When somebody dies and resurrects, that is not some, something you see every day. Okay? And so we have to understand this. It took real power, pure power, divine power. He, he truly came and he truly suffered. He truly came and he died on the cross. He bled. His blood was real. His pain was real. The passion of Christ was real. And his death was real. Therefore, his resurrection 
was real. And this is why we know that it took real power to resurrect the Son of God. And that's the same power that protects us today. The same spirit that was with him is with us today. For there is only one spirit, Scripture says. There is only one faith. There is only one baptism. There is only one hope. There is only one spirit. And that same spirit dwells within us right now. I know we're all spread out and wish we were together. That's the heart that we would have that, that I mean, that's, that's our desire. That's what's in our heart, that the church can be together. But we are together in the spirit of the living God. We are always together. And it's that spirit that keeps and protects us at all times. And um, like I said, that takes real power. It's not some sort of little power. He's not a little God. He's a magnificent, mighty God. He's not, he's not just some little God he put on a shelf. No, you can't do that. The, the earth is his footstool. You can't, you can't contain him. He's too great. He's too great for the temple. He's greater than the temple. He's greater than anyone. He is, that's why he is God. And his protection power is what keeps us. And like I said, remember this, that same power that rose him from the dead is with us and protects us. And the enemy cannot snatch us out of his hand. As long as we abide in him, as long as we are with him, the enemy has no say. Nothing, no weapon formed against you shall prosper because he will protect us at all times. And we, as long as we abide in the true vine, the vine dresser, Scripture says that the Father keeps us under his wings. For the Father is that vine dresser. He's the one that cares for us. He's the loving Father. He's with us today, right now. And, and you know, as Peter reminds us, he reminds the church, he, he said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Well, I'm going to conclude with this. Let me let me let me let me conclude with the intro to First Peter, uh, because this epistle is, is where we see suffering in a divine perspective. And uh, when we, we read the, the first uh, letter of Peter, um, you see suffering um, happens to all of us. And you see the church suffers. And you see uh, many things that, um, that happen to believers. Peter writes to Christians under persecution. Uh, you know, times of darkness, times of uncertainty, times of difficulty. It wasn't an easy time. You can read the text and you can realize it was, this was not... They were not dispersed and scattered just because. No, they were dispersed and scattered because there was a reason. And there was there was persecution. There was troubles. There was uncertainty. These were dark days. And Peter writes to the church. And he writes to the believers, to the saints, to Jesus, to all those who reside as aliens, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, who are chosen. He writes to all of them. And he encourages them. This is what it is. It's an encouragement. When we look at the scriptures, we are encouraged by this. And he comforts them by reminding them of what is available through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he says there's a new birth. Remember this. There's promises. There's an inheritance. You're not suffering for no reason. Your suffering is not in vain. Your work is not in vain. For all that we do is not in vain for the Lord. Nothing. It doesn't matter what happens. The time change, circumstances change, the seasons change, everything changes. 
That's part of life. But our God does not change. His love does not change. His power does not change. He doesn't decrease or increase. He's all-powerful. His knowledge doesn't decrease or increase. He's all-knowing. His presence doesn't increase or decrease. He's omnipresent. He's always with us. Right now, where we're at, he's with us right now. He's with us. He is with us. Emmanuel, God is among us. God among us. And that truth is, is, is a reality today. And we have to believe that through the resurrection, his presence is possible. He, he, he tore the veil. He, he, that was his flesh. And he made a way possible that we can be with him in communion, even in difficult times. And Peter reminds the believers that it is through this resurrection, this doorway, that we can have, that we can have this, this, new, this new life that is called being born again. We have a new hope. It is called, it is called Jesus Christ. We, we, have something, we have something greater than this world. We may not have riches, fame, or anything in this world, and that's okay. But we have the inheritance that is much more valuable than anything we can possess. And his name is Jesus Christ. And not only that, he says, you know what? You're kept by the power of God. It doesn't matter what changes. It is the power of God that will protect you. And we can trust God. We can trust him. Jesus, when he was on the cross, he trusted the Father. He gave us a, an example. He modeled it on the cross. He gave his spirit. He gave it up there into the Father's hands because he knew he knew that his Father was a loving Father and he knew it was in good hands. And he modeled that for us. That we too, in the most difficult times, we can submit our spirit into the Father's hand. We can trust him that our suffering is not in vain, that he's with us. And we can live lives of submission in God's will. So my prayer is that the church will be reminded of this great truth, that it is through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It may sound like a simple story, but it is, it is mighty. It is magnificent. Throughout the world right now, um, throughout the day, this very hour, people are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I don't know if you ever think about that, but right now, all over the world, people are remembering the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are united. We may not be able to see each other, but he sees us. We may not be able to hug and comfort one another, but he can comfort us. And, and this is a time for the church to mature and grow. And not only that, to value everything that he's provided. He's provided so many things for his resurrection. And my prayer is that through all the circumstances that we can live, that we can come out even greater. That we can come out more loving. That we can come out more holy. That we can come out Approved unto God. And that is my prayer. Remember this. Through the resurrection. Meditate upon this. You have access to being born again. And for that, we say glory, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Not only that, we've obtained an inheritance that is imperishable. And we are kept by the power of God. Our Lord's words on the cross is words that we need to remember. When he said, it is finished, it was finished. When he said, it is finished, that, that meant something. Those words resounded, um, and they still, we still hear the echo of those words. We can trust the finished work of the cross, and the finished work of the tomb, and the finished work of Scripture. We can trust that God will do what he said he would do. He said he would resurrect, and he resurrected. He, God is never late. God is always on time. So remember that. It is finished. In Spanish, it's consumado es, and in Greek, it's to tell us that. And in every way, we know that it is finished. And throughout the world, people celebrate that it is finished. And just as he finished, 
his course, his task, his work, his duty, we too, it's our turn in history to finish. And remember this as you struggle, remember what he's already accomplished for you. When you go through difficulty, look to the cross, look to the empty tomb, and know that he's the risen Savior. And if he is able to raise from the dead, he can do anything. If he, was, if, he was, if he could create everything out of nothing, he can raise us out of something. Remember that. And uh, so may the Lord be with us everywhere, and may his word bring encouragement to our hearts. We love you, and we're praying for you, and know that God is with us, and that's what matters the most. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we have come before you this beautiful Lord's Day. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the power of your word. We thank you for the veracity of your word. We thank you for the transmission of the text throughout the ages, how you have preserved it, how people have come to know you through the text, the scripture. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, that even this very morning, uh, that we may see far away, Lord, we know that you're ministering in our lives. I pray for the salvation of those who need it, that you will reach their hearts and minds, and that you will show them how loving you are, how truthful, how holy you are. I pray that you reveal yourself to more and more people, and I pray that we will know you, that you are, that you are the only God, that you are the mighty and powerful, that you are the lamb and the lion. And I pray that you teach us and remind us, Lord. I pray for the church as we are dispersed throughout this Lord's Day, that you be with the, all the saints throughout the, throughout the world, Lord, throughout the counties, uh, throughout everywhere. I pray that you be with us in each family, Lord, and that you bless each and every household, that there we can raise our banner and say, Christ is our Lord, that there we can raise our altar and say, here we will worship him. I thank you for your word, and we pray this in your magnificent and powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.